0: O God, who in the glorious transfiguration of thine only begotten Son, strengthened the mysteries of faith by the testimony of the fathers, and by the voice coming down in a shining cloud, miraculously betokened the complete adoption of thy children, mercifully grant that we may be made co-heirs with that King of glory, and sharers in that same glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. As the Collect I have just quoted suggests, the Feast of the Transfiguration could be called the Feast of Divine Sonship. The Scriptures reveal our Lord above all as a man of prayer, and the characteristic of his prayer which most strikes us is its filial confidence. He is full of tenderness for God, whom he is always declaring to be his Father, Abba. Father, I give thee thanks that thou hast heard me. On two occasions, however, it is the Father who breaks the eternal silence of the Trinity and makes his voice heard on earth in order to designate our Savior as his Son. The first of these is at the Lord's baptism in the Jordan. Lo, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and coming upon him, And behold, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The other occasion is at the transfiguration, which we hear of today. Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And lo, a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. We commemorate our Lord's baptism at the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th, and Dom Guéranger points out that it is no accident that the Church celebrates the Feast of the Transfiguration precisely seven months later, on August 6th, the number seven representing the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. St. Thomas Aquinas underlines the logical connection between these two occasions when the Father announced the Sonship of our Redeemer and their importance for us, when he writes, "...the adoption of the sons of God is through a certain conformity of image to the natural Son of God." Now, this takes place in two ways. First, by the grace of the wayfarer, which is imperfect conformity. Secondly, by glory, which is perfect. Since, therefore, it is in baptism that we acquire grace while the clarity of the glory to come was foreshadowed in the Transfiguration, therefore, both in his baptism and in his Transfiguration, the natural Sonship of Christ was fittingly made known by the testimony of the Father, because he alone, with the Son and the Holy Ghost, is perfectly conscious of that perfect generation. Jesus Christ, though his incarnation happened in time, by which a created human nature was assumed by God the Son is the eternal word he is God's son by nature it is who he is as God himself has testified in an eternal oath which the psalm has recorded filius meus est tu ego hodie genui thou art my son this day i have begotten thee This day is the day of eternity, the eternal now of God. The words of the Father, This is my Son, spoken aloud at the baptism and the transfiguration, are the repercussion in time of that eternal word, Thou art my Son. Now, here is the secret to God's eternal plan concerning our own holiness and salvation. In the words of St. Paul, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. That is why, on the Feast of the Transfiguration, we have at Mass the preface of Christmas, which says, Through the mystery of the Word made flesh, the new light of thy glory hath shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that while we acknowledge God in visible form, we may through him be drawn to the love of things invisible. But that is not all. St. Paul tells us in another place, We know that to them that love God, all things work together unto good, to such as, according to his purpose, are called to be saints. For whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be made conformable to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren." You see, Christ is the image of the invisible God. And holiness for us means to be conformed to the image of Christ. God wants us to become by grace what Christ is by nature. That is to say, sons of God. The Spirit himself giveth testimony to our spirit that we are the sons of God. And if sons, heirs also heirs indeed of God, and joint-heirs with Christ. This eternal decree of our adoption through divine grace is what St. Paul calls the mystery which hath been hidden from eternity in God. In the Latin Vulgate Bible, the word for mystery is sacramentum, and the collect today tells us that the transfiguration has strengthened the Fidei Sacramenta, the mysteries of faith. As baptized Christians, we share in the filial prayer of Jesus, which is why Saint Paul says, "You have not received the spirit of bondage again in fear, but you have received the adoption, that you have received the spirit of adoption of sons, whereby we cry, Abba, Father." Remember that everything that exists, everything created by God, is good simply by being what God made it to be. That is called its natural goodness. So every person, even the unbaptized child, even the adult in the state of mortal sin, even the unbeliever, still bears in his soul the image of God because his soul is a spirit created to know and love. But God has created us not only to exist, not only to know and love other things, but precisely to know and love him, to serve him in this life, so that we may be with him forever in the next. And for this type of knowledge, and for this type of love, which we call faith and charity, for these things, divine grace is necessary. Remember the words God spoke when he created Adam, let us make man to our image and likeness. Speaking of both image and likeness was not just a useless repetition. This is why St. Basil the Great remarks, I have that which is according to the image in being a rational being, but I come according, but I become according to the likeness only in becoming Christian. That is why it's wrong to say point blank that all men are the children of God. No. All men are the creatures of God. All men are made in the image of God. All men still living are potentially the friends of God, but only through baptism do we become, in fact, the adopted sons of God. You can see how wonderful is our vocation as Christians. By baptism, by the infusion of divine grace, we become true sons of God. By analogy, we become, by grace, what the eternal Son is By nature, we become the image of the image of God. The point is that a son bears a likeness to his father. As many as received him, he gave them power to be made the sons of God. This is exactly what grace is in the definition of Scripture, which says, He hath given us most great and precious promises, that by these you may be made partakers of the divine nature. The likeness that comes about by grace is precisely a sharing in the divine nature, the nature of God himself. The nature of a thing means that because of the type of thing it is, it can do what it does. Thus, birds fly because they have a bird nature. Wood floats because it has a wood nature. Humans laugh and cry and invent architecture and write poetry because they have a human nature gives us the power to do these things. To partake in God's nature means that we are enabled to do what really belongs by nature to God alone. Since God is a perfect, infinite spirit, what he does is who he is, the Blessed Trinity. God knows himself perfectly, and by this knowledge, Logos, the Word, he brings forth his eternal, natural Son, The Father and Son love each other with a love so intense that this love is an eternal person, the Holy Ghost. So in heaven, in glory, which is the consummation of grace, as we heard from St. Thomas a moment ago, in heaven we will know and love God as he knows and loves himself. That's what it means to share his nature. We will be enabled to do what he does. If we are baptized, if we persevere in the state of grace then the Holy Trinity literally dwells in our soul. And in heaven, the joy that comes from this presence will be unbounded. St. John is not speaking with exaggeration when he says, Dearly beloved, we are now the sons of God, and it hath not yet appeared what we shall be. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like to him, because we shall see him as he is. There are two phases to this adopted sonship which makes us like God. Grace in this life and glory in the next. And if we do not have grace, if we do not persevere in grace in this life, we cannot have glory in the next. Here you see all these concepts go together. Being God's son, being like him, and seeing him as he is. Holiness. In the words of Blessed Columba Marmion, is a mystery of divine life, communicated and received. Communicated in God from the Father to the Son by an ineffable generation. Communicated by the Son to the humanity, which he personally unites to himself in the incarnation. Then restored to souls by this humanity and received by each of them. My dear people, If we keep up the devout life for the rest of our years, then when we leave this life, we too will hear these words. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased.